there's a lot that happened this weekend. I got sucked into a game seven, and it wasn't the one a lot of people will think I got sucked into. You had there was a number of them. you had you had a ton of amazing storylines coming out of the NBA. Uh, the NHL had a wild weekend. The Braves were close to winning a series and close to being swept in a series this weekend. So there's a lot we need to talk about. A bunch of rookie deals that got signed, a bunch of news and kind of funny storylines uh, coming out of these rookie camps around the NFL. So there's a lot from the sports world that we need to talk about, but we have some breaking news. The first trailer for a Predator prequel has been released. No. The aptly named Prey will release on August 4th. Let's go. I know last week we did our like summer blockbuster kind of conversation. I believe that's we kind of closed out the week. Doing that, I think. And then uh, picking up where we left off. A surprise, though. Like you said, breaking. Like, I had no idea it was coming. When did you see it? Just Like, like literally at 1 o'clock. Well, like how? Just TV Twitter. or? Okay. Twitter. I mean, I could go back to when it was released. The actual, let's see how long ago this came out. Well, that's fine. I, I was just surprised. Yeah, five hours ago. There you go. This is a surprise. Set like, 300 years before the events of Predator. So you don't think it'd be a little ridiculous. Do you want if the there official was, IMDb? It'd be a little ridiculous if there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger you know, cameo yeah. in it, right? So the, yeah. so the IMDb plot Probably summary just wrong. is the origin story of the Predator <laughs> in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Nauru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. So you can have folks with like spears and bows and arrows going up against the tri-laser. Yeah. And invisibility cloaks. Yeah, no, that's that's something out of a nightmare. Like that immediately vaulted to the top of my summer wish list. Right. You know something this is like an interesting concept too. It's it's one of my because at the end of the day, there'd just be no match for it. it sure. And they're already like you take modern times, there's no match for it. You take, you know, with with the original Predator, uh, what was that? Seventies or eighties? Eighties. In the eighties, there, there was simply no match for it. Of course, other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, but even then, like what, I think the, what I was, think the only I think the only like the the one that was going back and forth because I know we've talked about this a lot on this show which is, and three and out, which is, like, what's the greatest action movie of all time? To me, it's Predator by, like, a a pretty wide margin. And what people need to understand is, like, the Batman trilogy, those aren't action movies. Right. Those are superhero movies. Yeah. There's a a big difference, right? The Lord of the Rings, wonderful movies. Those are not action movies. Well, yeah. Those are fantasy epics. Just because something has a scene or two of action in it does not make it... In and of itself. I think the the big three. An action movie. In action movies are Rambo, Predator, and Terminator. Right? I I can see that. Rocky's not an action movie. 
Right. No, yeah, I wouldn't put that in, in there either. I don't have a horse in this race. Like, I, I'm, I don't try to pretend to be, you know, a, a upfront and insanely good analyst for action movies. I, I just saw Predator and Rambo for the first time a couple of years ago. So, like, you, th- this is all you, kind of. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on those. But that being said, those are some of the most notable ones of all time, without a doubt. Um, it's been a long time since I saw the first Terminator, but it probably well, that's be not even too. the best of the Terminators. So that's the conversation I wanted to get into, and that's a wonderful lead in there, PJ. Really? I want to give you my top five prequel slash sequels. Wow, of okay. action movies of action movies. Itself. Yes, so of specifically action of action movies. Yes, and these a lot of these were <laughs> better than the original, and so I'll, I'll put that out there, but. Again, for the Indiana Jones and the, uh, I guess, Lord of the Rings superhero movies like Avengers, not action movies. No. Superhero movies, completely yeah. different genre. So, do they have action in it? Absolutely. Does it's it like, count as an action movie? No. You watch a thriller, if there's a joke in it, it doesn't mean there's a comedy. It's, yeah. a, it's a comedy, right? So, like, yeah. Mis- All right. Like, Misclassifying things is one of the most annoying things to me. So I'm going to start with number five on my list. This is prequels or sequels to action movies. Number five. I like it. The Fast Five. Really? Bear with me. I felt like that was when the Fast and the Furious, like the fulcrum of like ridiculous, but also cool kind of peaked out to where now it's just completely ridiculous and like it's like now they're in space and like fighting tanks on ice and like like it's it's at this point it just doesn't make sense anymore fast five was when i think it reached its peak coolness okay well of course kevin with the r.i.p paul walker thanks for that of course kevin but i don't know i don't think i have i ever seen all of fast five i don't think i have my brother would kill. Like my brother, it's the best one. Not not Mario. My brother Tony would. And kill I got a me soft spot. Like I think the first, that, I think the first Fast and the Furious is an awesome <clears> movie. Like it actually doesn't make sense. Like when you watch it after you watch all the other ones, you're like, this is such a normal movie. It's just like people stealing DVD players. Yeah, Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious yeah. are are hey, really good. Tokyo Drift's dope as well. Like let's Tokyo I, Drift's awesome. Mike Winchell's just drifting in Tokyo. Yeah, I don't know, man. Tokyo Drift is okay. Parts of me can't get over it. And I know, I'm sorry. We got against Lil Bow Wow, man. You you know, I have nothing against Lil Bow Wow. You know, you talk about not liking, um, you know, The Office and things like that, kind of because it's like cringe humor and things like that. That's kind of how I feel watching Tokyo Drift. All right. Like, as displaced as he is, it's just, and the accent's, bad like i don't know i can't get into it all right well i can't get past that but that's where it started falling apart for me because i really like those first two movies and then it got into just craziness so i get what you're saying though but i will say fast five had a lot of like interesting characters in it yeah. and and actors and actresses and like, really cool car chases those were really cool jumps and stuff like that like it's, um but like the wildest jump in the first fast and the furious is like when they're racing the train like when he jumps the train and Vin Diesel wipes out. Spoiler alert, it's like 20 years old now, but still. Yeah, but that was just because it's awesome and because yeah. they were street racing and but it was semi realistic. Like, now they're like flying off of cliffs and stuff like that. Yeah, so again, that. like let's move off. It's just, it's, it's number lame. five. It's, it's number lame. five. Number five. Number four, 
the Bourne supremacy. <laughs> the Bourne trilogy might be the best action trilogy, like beginning to end ever. Like the first one, where he's like fighting the dude with the big pin. Yeah, right. It's like one of the coolest fighting scenes Seen ever. That scene, yeah, yeah. And then the supremacy, supremacy. Excuse me. Just a great way to wrap it up, where he's like looking through the window, and she's like, "How do you know yeah. that she's here?" She's like, "Cause I'm looking right at you." It's like, oh. That's an incredible ending yeah. to a movie. And just like yeah. the jazz and all that like stuff is cool. Uh, all right. <laughs> Number three. Another one I haven't seen all the way through. Mad Max 2. The Road Warrior. Right. If you haven't seen it, 1981, dystopian, George Miller, awesome. Mel Gibson, before he kind of lost it. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. You know? Understandable. Like, still, uh, just awesome movie. Even though I... I will hear arguments to replace that with Fury Road. Right. Tom Hardy. Yeah. I'll hear arguments. That's the one I get all the pub about and whatnot. Like, everyone always talks about. You, you don't normally hear, of course, uh, like younger people, but you, yeah. you don't normally hear about the older one. Um, so that is really cool. That's something I'd be kind of, maybe, maybe into watching. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't even seen all of Fury Road, so... Can't really say much about that, but understandable. All right. All right. Just from like how notable it is. Yeah. Number two. Aliens. Hit the button a little quick there. Aliens. Yeah. Number two. Sigourney Weaver fighting a giant alien with like a mech. Kind of like forklift suit. Right. Just awesome. I know a lot of people are like, Christian, I thought you said that there's a big differentiator between action movies and sci-fi. This is this scales more towards action. Than it does. Like the first alien, I'll say it's a sci fi movie because you only have one alien. Yeah. And it's like kinda a like, sci-fi it's, it's kinda like a, yeah, it's kinda like creeping yeah. around. But this one is just straight up like aliens, which is just, you know, awesome. I wanted to be in that like that boardroom when they're discussing the title. The naming. They're like, All right, we have a second alien movie coming out. Are we going like Alien Part Two? Are we going like Alien the Return? They're like, Well, there's like more than one alien movies, <laughs> right? Let's put ass on the end. <laughs> Aliens, like, give this man a raise. That sounds incredible. All right, so that's number two. <laughs> and then number one, again, so that was one that I would say is better than the first one. Okay. Right? Number two, and I don't think there's really any argument here, and again, this is prequels, sequels, Terminator 2. It's called Judgment Day. Yeah. You have incredible. Arnold Schwarzenegger going from bad guy to hero. Right. You have maybe the coolest villain ever in an action movie? Robert Patrick's T1000. Is that the guy that like can like the, morph? The cop? Yeah. Yeah. And he can like morph into anything. And yeah. like as futuristic as those like special effects were. Yeah. And just like the run. <laughs> yeah. This is great. He's like a robot. Well, Imagine that. And I'm just, I'm going to put this out there. I know there's a lot of Rambo people out there right now. That's saying, like the like, coolest ro- like, robot. They're like, how do the Rambos not make the top five? <clears throat> Rambo First Blood, amazing movie. The rest of the Rambos, I can take them or leave them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put it out there. I can take them or leave them. But that's my top five. Understandable. Do you have, do you have a favorite yeah. prequel, sequel, action movie? Uh, d- a lot. Well, this, this is the thing is. A lot of those I I haven't even seen. All so right, well, I know what we're doing this weekend. I mean, I, yeah, I can't can't really. I mean, you were on the bandwagon. I will say, like Terminator Two, though, incredible. 
Like that that is one like from my childhood that I remember very vividly. Haven't watched it recently, but very vividly. Uh like you said, enjoyed the first Terminator, but T two was was where it was at. It's called you know, judgment so, day. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, it's it's incredible. Um so yeah, that that was that was fantastic. Uh, like you said, kind of with the Rambos, like there, there's a, not only a lot of them, but you can take or leave a lot of them too. There were one or two in there that were actually really good, I think. Well, no, Rambo but, First Blood. But yeah, but like, like First Blood, one was of my great. favorite movies ever. Yeah, especially like at the end, like it, yeah, just all of it kind of culminating, and then Rambo doesn't say. He doesn't say more than like one or two sentences the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, as he's getting taken away, he kind of, he goes on his monologue and I'm like, wow, this is, first of all, like this is really cool because, you know, I, I didn't really know a lot. Time about, to eat things. I would make a billy goat puke. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, it's so good. I don't really know a lot about the Rambo movies as a whole, other than just like, they're, they're just, they're just, you know, shooter action movies, but, or action movies that, in general, but then at the end, it's more. It's it's a lot more of, you know, kind of the focus on the PTSD and, and yeah. you know what was going on in his head. I just wanted something to eat. Yeah, right. Is is a lot more than that. So, yeah. So I, I thought that was incredible. And there's a couple, like I said, there's a couple of sequels for the Rambo series that are pretty good, um, but I don't even really know the the full name of them. So yeah, I'm I'm go. not the the biggest uh, person to talk to when it comes to pure action movies. But it is what it is. I like that pure action movies. Well, like you said, there's like movies yeah. with action in them, and I tend to like those probably a little bit more. Um, but there are some action movies, obviously, that are, that are very good. I've tried also to kind of go back and and watch some. Like no, no, we are especially about with we like, know what we're doing this weekend. I'm I'm writing down a list, and you have to watch all of them. We have to go to break because I want to come back and talk about pods. Just not storage not storage units pans or? not the weird cartridge things oh, that your friends yeah like I not, thought you said pots not the weird like storage thing that like you or or like the things you have to go buy for your friends so they can use oh, in their course. whatever their smoking device is no we're going to talk about pods when we come back because they're all the rage at the ACC meetings I thought this like went away for a little bit now oh it's back pods are back baby we're going to talk about them when we come back this is second down on ESPN radio we are presented to you by the uniform source two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs we will be right back after this second down on ESPN radio is presented to you by the uniform source Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zoko wow Zuko you didn't even reverse it. Like, you didn't even say Zoku or, like, anything. Like It was just straight-up Zoko. What, what in the world is that? You say know. I say things I was kind of trying to sing song the rejoiner <laughs> right there. I got a little too into it. Now you're Zoko. All right. That's your nickname now. PJ Zoko here and <laughs> Christian Gukel. That's fine. That's, shoot, that's not the worst I've ever heard from no, my I'm last sure. year. No, I'm sure. You can hear people, like, panic before they call my name. They're like, uh, Mr. <sighs> <laughs> well dude it's like it's like as soon as i hear the pause i'm like yeah that's me sometimes it seems like people try and mispronounce names like that's how bad it is yeah. i don't know if they just overthink it because they're like ah, oh, what like i don't want to get it wrong it's and then they pronounce just get it terribly wrong but like people can pronounce anything under the face of the sun and then all of a sudden it's like uh is it zucko zucko is it zucko no no it's not zucko it's not Zucko, Bucko. Goekel? Anyway, Goekel no. is the one I get the most. 
Why? Go Eckel. That's, uh, you know, it know. is what it is. Yeah. That being said, we're talking about pods and no, not the weird thing, the senior friend's cup holder uh, of his car. We're talking about. Oh, you like that? <laughs> no, that was. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was stuck. I kind of zoned out for a yeah. second, and then all of a sudden, you're talking about something in a car, and I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. No, we're talking about pods inside of scheduling for college football. So the way it works right now, for most college football conferences, is you have 12 to 14 teams in your conference. You split it in half. Everybody on each half plays each other, and then they play a couple of teams from the other side, mm-hmm. right? And so you take the team with the best record from both of those, and they play in your conference championship, right? That's the way it is. That's the way it works. For Confer- most of them. Conferences are talking about switching up from that for a few reasons. Uh, the main one for the ACC, who is thinking about doing a three-five-five scheduling model, we're not talking about like a soccer formation or anything like that. No, three five five scheduling model would be you have your opponent, you have three other or two to three other opponents that you play every single year, and then you rotate through the rest. So you would play, say it's Clemson and Virginia Tech and Virginia, right? You would play them this season, and you would host them at home, and then two years later, you would get to play them at their place, right? So once every four years, every school would get to play at every other stadium in the conference. As opposed to, we were, Kevin and I were talking about this earlier, can you tell me how many times Georgia's played at Texas A&M since they joined the conference? Zero? That's a big fat zero. Yeah. And it would be until 2024 before Georgia finally plays at Kyle Field. So one reason is you get everybody to play in other stadiums, right? And that's the philanthropic, we want our athletes to experience this kind of a thing. Other reason outside of it is there's no more division champions. It's just you take the two best teams with the two best records, which gives your conference the best chance to avoid an upset and to put their best teams on display to try to get into the college football playoff and it sets you up better for an expanded college football playoff where your two best teams get to be in your marquee game, right? Another reason they're exploring this is you have the super conferences that are forming. Yep. We don't know when, but Texas and Oklahoma are going to join the SEC. Right, signed, sealed, delivered. They're going to be in the SEC. So that's going to put you at 16 teams. You don't want to go with two 18 pods because then all of a sudden you're having one crossover game. Yeah. Right. Wrong, I think. I think a lot of fans are really excited about the thought of a pod until you tell them what the consequences are. Yep. So here's where we're at right now. Let's go a hypothetical pod for the SEC when Texas and Oklahoma join it. Cool? Pod A would be Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina. So all of those teams would play each other every year, and then you'd rotate through other opponents throughout the year, six other opponents to fill out your nine-game conference schedule, right? Uh, Pod B would be Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Pod C would be LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. And Pod D would be Arkansas, Mizzou, Oklahoma, and Texas. What a bad draw for Vanderbilt. Yeah, well, listen, all of them are going to be bad draws for Vanderbilt. Yeah, for sure. So, but that being said, those are your pods. Really cool, right? Georgia would play at Texas A&M once every four years, and they get to host Texas A&M once every four years. You'd get to see it. Like, Georgia would go to Ole Miss 
once every four years. You would get some different experiences and you'd have some different teams coming in. But also what you would eliminate is inside of that pod, you would only play Auburn once every two years. You would only play Tennessee once every two years. I I just, I think the question, and this is not going to matter in the grand scheme of things, but my question is, what do you think fans prefer? Yes. It's my opinion. If you ask fans, honest to God, which would you rather see? I I think a lot of them would say, keep it the way it is. I want want the Deep South's oldest rivalry every year. Yeah. Uh, I want Georgia playing Tennessee every year. Yep. Those are those are insanely special, and those are just a select few games for, you know, your college. It's the most most dear to most of the people around here, right? Yeah. Think about all the other rivalries that that would be kind of in the same situation. Like, sure, there there's some that would be protected because you're within the same pod, but there's a number of them that would be lost every single year due to. You know all these things changing around. So yeah, we'd only have Alabama, Ole Miss, yeah, once every couple of years, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, uh, with with Auburn and Georgia, same you'd have thing. Alabama, I mean, LSU once every couple of years. Yeah, if they're not in the same pod, that's true. Yep. Yeah, that'd, that'd be insanely different. I mean, LSU, Florida is always a crazy, crazy game. That, I don't, it might they, be the they best don't, uniform game in college football. Yeah, they they don't like each other very much you at keep, all. You can keep USC, UCLA, LSU, Florida. That game is filthy. <laughs> yeah, right? No, that's true. Uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, for that reason alone, that's that's a pretty huge difference, like you said, mainly for the fans. But I think also uh, it's, it's difficult to say because I will say, like, SEC fans and SEC stadiums do show out very well. So I, I don't know how much, like, attendance you're going to lose oh, I mean, yeah, it's... if those rivalries aren't played. But just... For morale and like you said, fandom wise, I mean, that's Death that's, Valley's still going to be packed. That's terrible. But like I tell you, you're not going to have Alabama and Death Valley every right. other year. Yeah. Believe me, I mean, like. But, but like, which do you think fans would prefer? Do you think they would prefer the uh, the chance to go to every stadium once every four years, or do you think they value those select rivalries that much that they wouldn't want to see them gone? I'll take it from a. I know it wasn't the same way, and and I know, you know, the flack I'd get from fans if if I brought this up in conversation with them. But I'm I'm having a conversation with you. So, from someone who experienced something somewhat like this in the Big Ten about ten years ago, when they switched, when they ultimately made divisions yeah. and made them the legends, leaders, whatever, most stupidest names for divisions ever, but also. In that way, they tried to balance the two divisions and in which certain teams that, again, have, have played each other for ages. I don't know how you put Michigan, Ohio other. State, Michigan State, and Penn State in the same division and call it balanced. Right. Yeah, at the same time, well, they did. Well, for this conference, for yeah. this side of things, they weren't. Oh, but they're, also, trying to do it, they're trying to maintain rivalries. Yeah. Th- okay. Well, not initially. That, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So they initially tried to make it a more balanced two divisions with legends and leaders, but in the process, they lost big rivalries in that. Like, I'm pretty sure Penn State wasn't playing Michigan State at that point. They had Ohio State and Michigan in the same side of things, but I, I think there was a weird thing where, like, Penn State wasn't playing Michigan or something. Like, so th- there were a lot of 
they kept the game, right? But there were a lot of other rivalries that were taken out of things. And fans were like, at that point, forget balance, yeah. man. We want to see these games back. And now we have the East and the West in, in the Big Ten. And things are very much skewed towards the East being a lot stronger. But, again, this this is just an example of a conference trying something like this. And the yeah. fans absolutely uproaring really and having a huge problem with it. That's so a really good point. I, I think, yeah, I think probably the, the fans would have quite a big issue with losing some of these rivalries. Now, the real question is, do the administrators, because ultimately this will be... Right, do they care? This will be the <laughs> athletic director's decision. Yeah. And yep. do they care? Right. And I think, I mean, if you're talking about ticket sales, where it's like, what's going to sell more tickets, Mississippi State coming to town or Auburn coming to town if you're Georgia... I know you can flip that and say, well, what about LSU and Alabama? It's like, I I, I think fans love the rivalries. Like, I think fans I love... I think they do too, but like that, that's kind of what I was getting into is yeah. like, but are they going to show up anyway? You know, because yeah. obviously there's, there's select stadiums in the SEC that they're going to sell out no matter what. Then again, those are also the same stadiums that have the biggest rivalries. So are they going to see a fall off if they take some of those rivalries away? I'm not, I'm not sure. In a weird way, I would hope so because that would be the fans speaking out and saying, no, we want these rivalries yeah. back. But then again, that also affects the team and the players and, and not filling up your stadium. So I don't know. Like, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the Big Ten right now, and like if they were to add two teams, like go just grab a couple of teams from another conference that they think will fill them out a little bit better, like say something collapses and they're able to grab two more teams, then either you're putting Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State in the same pod, or you're losing some of those rivalries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think about what you're sacrificing. Yeah. If you move Michigan State, Michigan out of that, you're you're losing Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah. Once every couple of years. Right. And That's, I don't think fans would be would accept that. Okay, right. you boot exactly. Penn, you boot yeah. Penn State out of there. Okay, you're losing Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Penn State. Once every couple of years. Yeah, very easily the biggest. <laughs> I know Penn State's whole thing unrivaled, yeah. whatever, but like. Easily the, the three biggest rivalries in in recent time, in the past 20, 25 years for, for Penn State football specifically and then everything else. So, so that's my no, question. I think is, that, yeah, I think fans a, would have a huge problem Does with that. a trip to Death Valley every four years outweigh playing Tennessee and Auburn every year if you're a Georgia fan? I don't think so. Like I, 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 think, I really don't think so either. Yeah, I think the fans have – like that's – I, like, I knew the answer for the Texas A&M question that you, you started yeah. all this with, but I think if you asked a number of fans that, they would say, they might say zero, but they would also follow that up with, but I don't care about Texas A&M. Like, I, don't, I don't care about us playing in Kyle Field because it's Texas A&M. Who cares? We yeah. played, you know. And we, honestly, geographically, it you're going to be traveling more. Yeah, in a huge way. Yeah, because you take away, I mean. I think Georgia's... <laughs> Furthest road trip this year is Mississippi at Mississippi State, and that's Probably. just top of my head. Right. Yeah, I mean, you take you start to change that in competitive balance well, or whatever. But here's, well, here's the other question: is it is it a more fair way to determine? Because I I think it probably is. Right. Because it's not like a thing where it's you have the SEC East where it was dominant in the early 2000s because Florida and Tennessee were unbelievable and Georgia wasn't. Great, but I mean, you had Mark Rick coming in and developing that team to what it became from 2002 to 2005, where it was a national championship contender. And then 
flip it over once Nick Saban arrives, the West just becomes murderers row. You have Les Miles, Nick Saban, and those guys in the SEC West, and Auburn's really good back then as well. So it's like you, it it flips back and forth, but you just kind of eliminate one side of the conference just being murderers row, mm-hmm. one side of the conference being like one really good team, and they're just going to run through their conference schedule, and then they'll meet up with the amazing team. I mean, that's, that's the reality of the SEC East right now. Yeah. I mean, Georgia's dominated the SEC East outside of one weird COVID year. Right. In which, like, Florida caught fire. Mm-hmm. And deservedly so. That team was amazing. But point being, it's been dominated by Georgia, who can run through a pretty easy SEC East schedule. And it's about the same next year, even though Tennessee should be better. And then the SEC West. I mean, look at the SEC West this year. Nasty. Even on the yeah. quote-unquote down years of the yeah. SEC West, you know, in the past eight or nine years, they're still really yeah. respectable, you, especially you, at the top. And you kind of break some of that up, and yeah. you're, you're having to play everybody once every couple of years. I think if you ask anybody, especially like head coaches, whatever, in the SEC West, they are clamoring to try and, and get some some more of the, like, play some more of these teams from the East. I, I would agree with that. And I think at the end of the day, it does make it more competitive, more fair, as same situation again, same situation kind of with the Big Ten just reversed. Yeah. But again, do you do you move it in the terms of fairness and in the terms of, you know, playing some of these teams and at some of these stadiums more often? Or do you try and protect and, and keep some of these rivalries that the fans hold so dear? I got a bad feeling. I mean that they're moving I think further. Change is coming. Oh yeah. yeah, we're just moving further and further away from the tradition. Also, outside of and I'm not trying to minimalize other conferences but like outside of the Big Ten and the SEC doesn't matter as much like does Clemson have five teams that they feel like they have to play every year yeah no I well what's funny is I think the one would be South Carolina and that's, yeah. they're not even in the ACC mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think like, that's I necessarily mean, for, true for Florida State and it's just because these conferences switched up so much in the not too distant so past, many times yeah right you went from like the what the Metro Conference and the Big East now it's the ACC in its current format, right? So it's there's you don't have these rivalries that go back, even though is it Virginia Tech, North Carolina that calls itself the the South's oldest rivalry? It's North Carolina and somebody. Yeah, I don't know. But Or was it was it Virginia and Virginia Tech? No, no that's something the else. Commonwealth Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My fault. Yeah, I don't know. It was something embarrassing. North Carolina's involved with it. Either way. Is it North Carolina Wake Forest? Maybe. Yeah, I think oh you're my right. Gosh. I think you're right. But you're going to lose a lot of these where it's just like this game's yeah. been played every single year except World War II kind of a deals, right? Like you're going to lose those. Yeah. And it's, and I, I, I'm starting yeah. to feel like that's just becoming acceptable. I think fans, kind of like you said, with the Big Ten might have something to say about that. Yeah. When does it when does it come to a head? Like you said, some of the changes have been for the better. I do admit that. So this isn't just a blanket statement saying all the changes have been bad. But it seems like every single year something else big changes in college football. And like you said, tradition it's it's changing away from tradition. Whether that's a bad or a good thing, it seems like it's happening. So again, the more you make these changes, the more easy it is to make changes in the future. Right. And that might need be the, the next big step for college football as a whole. Um, and wh- is it good? It, yeah. it, is it better? Is it not? I don't know. I think as the college football playoff That's expands tough, and more spots become available, we're going to see this. Yeah. Because what Craig Sankey doesn't want is to have the two best teams in one division and one of them gets left out of the conference championship and that gets held against him. Even though 
They didn't get held against Alabama that one year. So we'll True. see. We'll see. I'd be insanely interested because, like, how much is too much? Because you talk to a lot of fans, I feel like, you, you take away whatever you want to. Don't mess with my uniforms too much and yeah. don't mess with our rivalry games. Yeah. So do you do huge. you sac- like I mean I just honestly got like break it down as simply as possible do you sacrifice LSU Alabama Oh god yeah for a chance to get more teams in the playoff it's an interesting decision do you sacrifice what makes your conference special Right for a chance for a couple teams to have a better chance at the postseason I don't know it's a decision that is certainly on the horizon though I found myself enthralled with the two most magic words in sports last night PJ Game seven. You know what? Uh, apparently, was, wasn't one that a, a lot not, of people, not, not one a lot that, of other not, people were talking about. One that you were watching, I would guess. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about those two magic words as soon as PJ turns off his phone. Next, right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. I got caught up in the two most magic words. Magic, magic, most magic, ma- most magical. Most magical words in sports. Thank you for your help, PJ. Solid assist. Uh, game seven. And it wasn't the NBA game seven. Not at all. I got caught up in the Dallas Stars and Calgary Calgary Flames. Wow. I can't talk today. That's okay. That's fine. Because I was so hyped up last night. I'm just happy you mispronounced this? more things than just my name. So. Game seven. Overtime. Yeah, that's incredible. That's nasty. That's one of the best. And it's, listen, I came to the conclusion last night that I don't care what sport it is. You tell me it's in game seven and it's in overtime? Yeah. I'm there. This is actually, I was driving into work today and I thought of this and I completely understand how ridiculous it would be. I kind of have a a, a broad question, not a broad question. Hit me. What about football? You imagine seven weeks, one week in between each game, game seven, college football national championship. How to many? a certain extent, I, I actually, I was like, I, I think I would like game seven in every single sport. And then I thought of football and I was like, how much is too much? I don't know. I would say more than one game is too much. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to agree. Absolutely more than one game uh, is too much in that sport. But... <laughs> It's a pretty physically demanding sport, though, with more substitutions and less amount of time. Uh, hockey is an amazing sport. I'd agree. I just, yeah. you know, listen, brother, I'm from Atlanta. We've lost. We're the only. We are the only town to lose two professional sports teams from the same league in the history of American professional sports. Actually, the Flames. Yeah. So you were and you the were Thrashers, the old, yeah, and the yeah. Thrashers gone. So and never been an overly big hockey fan. I'd go see the Gwinnett Gladiators every now and then, check them out. A little minor league hockey action, yeah, but fantastic. never been a huge hockey fan. But I, I think Game Seven of any sport, yeah, regardless of the scenario, I'm there. Or I should even say Game Seven elimination game. I'm there, like because uh, college football or college baseball, college softball usually do three game series. Yeah. Elimination okay. games, I'm there for. I don't know. I can't really agree with you there, but it's Oh, so it's gotta be seven for you. So like even if it's like the first round of the playoffs and it's a five game set, you're not there for game five? No, why? Wow. You know how it's gonna work out. To me, like if it's if it's three oh or it's three one 
in, a, in an elimination game. I'm no, no, probably it's not, it's not, not, probably it's not a five game series. Game. So it's two two. Okay, winner take all. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, absolutely, you said elimination game. So that's three fair. one. That's fair. I went to that. I guess what so I was trying to say apologies. is like my final apologies. final game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of a series. Uh, with the series tied, if it's a, two, I'm, if it's I'm a three you. game series and it's one one. Yeah, I'm absolutely here for that. Love to see it, especially with it going into overtime. But any uh, any tied elimination game like that is fantastic. Or like even I'll take it a step farther. Even these games like in in England and soccer and football, whatever you want to call it, where you have the aggregate, you go into a final game of a playoff between two teams and they're sure. tied up on goals on the aggregate. So winner winner goes home the winner no matter what at the end of those. I'm here for that too. I don't know if that carries the same kind of woo really to it. Yeah, I don't know. Something about those words. That game seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, it's a game two, but then you have to, like, explain it to me with the aggregate and all that. Like, you're trying, you to, like you're trying to tell your friend, you're like, listen, they're up 3-1, but they scored those three goals on the road, so those goals actually mean more. And so even if it's tied because the other team beats them 2 nothing in this game, they win because it's 3-3. But their goals meant more than their goals. But if it's tied, it doesn't matter. You don't need to explain yeah. all that. It doesn't their, matter. their goals meant more than their Do goals. Do you like game sevens more than game fives? Yes. And like five game sets. Yeah. Yeah. The storylines that get developed with those extra two games. I would agree as well. Also, like the storylines you have with, with game sevens, especially like you said, with like last night's going into overtime there with, with Calgary and whatnot. It's like they're so insanely even. And as as former both as former athletes, yes. Can you imagine just like how sick of that other, that other team? Oh, that's what I'm talking those about. Players, that's what I'm talking like, about. Those players are like, for instance, I know it was a a romper of a game. It was a terrible game. A last romper night. of a game. yeah. I don't know. I couldn't think of a word. Anyway, but the Mavericks just destroying the Suns last night in that game seven. Luca was so done with Devin Booker. And all of his antics and ridiculousness and whatever. And just trashed the whole Phoenix Suns team. Yes. Listen, because we don't he's listen. Just, he's done with it. He's sick of it. Show in America, That's incredible. No, every other show in America is crapping on Chris Paul and Devin Booker today. I'm not trying let to do them, that just, by just, any means. Just, we'll, we'll let them handle that. I want to talk about Jake Oettinger. But, yeah. I want to talk about Jake Oettinger because my man stood on his head last night. For Dallas, even though they lost. But just, again, watching that, I got the alert from ESPN. It's was like, overtime, game seven. I was like, all right, I'm there. Clicked over, watched it on ESPN. And I'll say this. Dallas almost won on a power play that they were down a man. But Jake Oettinger, how about this stat line, PJ? 67 shots against, 64 saves. Good God. My man was standing on his head. That's amazing. And the Is last that one of the best phrases just, in sports? Standing on his head, yeah. Like Tim Howard in that one World Cup, just Belgium? standing on yeah. his head. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it was bulletproof. That whole game, that whole yeah. World Cup. All the uh, saves as the against kids Germany, say, he was too. he was on one. <sighs> he was, but no, you're right. Uh, There's a fantastic game, a fantastic. But you tell me, you tell me, crickets well. going into Game Seven, even though those games last like four days. I'm there. I don't know what the rules are, <laughs> but the stakes. Yeah, I have no idea. Love the stakes. I'm with you. I know Sam Howell doesn't love stakes, but I do. What? Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Get you ready for three and out next, right here on ESPN Radio. Listen, 
the Falcons may not be very fast. They might not be very good at football. All right now. Give it a little bit. But dang it, they're going to be tall. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons have signed yet another wide receiver. In case you missed the news over the weekends, the Falcons traded for Brian Edwards, former South Carolina wide receiver, uh, has spent time with the Oakland Raiders most recently. Good, solid NFL wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. a lot of separating speed. 6'3", right? Right. Uh, today, Ian Rappaport reporting that the Atlanta Falcons have gone out and signed former Green Bay Packer and Detroit Lion, Geronimo Allison, to the roster. Not very fast. 6'3". So when the Falcons roll out there... So it's basically just Mariota throw it up there down there somewhere. I mean, basically. I mean, my <laughs> honestly, God question, right now, outside of Zacchaeus, who's kind of your speedster but not an overly great wide receiver, is Kyle Pitts the fastest receiver on the Falcons? He might be. I don't know. Line him and... Um... It's bad that I forget his name. Drake line, London? Line him oh, no. Drake London wants not no Drake part London. of that. No, no, no. Cordell Patterson. I know technically Cordell he's a running back, yeah, right? Yeah, but it, what is he? Weapon. He's an offensive weapon. Threat. Like, uh... Yeah, I, 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 is Kyle Pitts the fastest like receiving Robinson. threat on the Falcons? Web. He might be. There's but a dang it, insanely good chance If there's a pickup basketball game between all the NFL teams, Falcons might, might have a really good shot. Three and out coming up next, Ben Troop and Kevin Thomas. If you miss any portion of our show today, you can check it out on ESPNCoastal.com. We'll catch up with everyone tomorrow.